Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, Soul Talk friends. We love you. We love meeting you when we're out speaking. So many of you come up and say, I've been listening to you since 2016, or I've been listening to you the last couple of years, and thank you. And I so am grateful for that because when we're sitting at this microphone, sometimes I can forget that. And so thank you. Thank you for letting us know. We love to hear from you. Thank you for submitting reviews. We, we just recently got a another podcast review and that is so helpful and encouraging we pay attention to that and it it encourages us to persevere to keep going and perseverance that's one of the things we're talking about persevering against the accusations of the enemy when they come against us and they hit those areas of vulnerability those those lies that we're so tempted to think that are true that block God's grace from us and that's what I shared on last week's soul talk and that's what we want to talk about on this Week soul talk as it pertains to you, Bill, because there will be people that don't relate to the enemy's attacks and assignments and lies for me, but they might to you. And it's different based on each of us and our different experiences in life, our different wounds, our different vulnerabilities, and our different Enneagram types, which is why we wrote Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, Growing Emotionally and Spiritually Through the Enneagram, is because it's been so helpful to us to be aware of these ways that we try to defend ourselves, but we can't. We need God who's a shield around us. Satan knows our weak spots, so we we need to learn them, and we, we need to be uh, forewarned, and, and then we need to... Uh, seek God's grace in that area. Uh, otherwise, Satan takes us out. When when I'm already feeling uh, insecure or or bad or fearful or angry at myself about a, a weakness, a fault of mine, and then Satan comes in with judgment and accusation and and bring brings lies. I mean, we're we're decimated. So we want to get you a tool in your hand to help you fight off the enemy's attacks. And that's Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. It's up there. You'll get it before it's even release date by the publisher. And also, the real reason we want to ask you to do it, other than a tool for you that we really believe will be helpful because it has been to us, but also you'll get this tool to other people. If you pre-order the book, then Amazon is going to start showing it to more people. The more people that it's shown to, the more people will get this tool and it will help us all join together, strengthen the church. And that's what we so want. This, the proceeds of the book don't come to Bill and I, they go right back into the ministry of soul shepherding to help fund this, this podcast. So thank you for being with us and helping us, fight off the enemy's accusations and continuing to stand strong in Jesus. So Bill, let, let's talk a little bit about how you fight off the temptation of the enemy. What it, what I often hear for you and knowing your Enneagram type as a Enneagram one and the importance of you of being good. You really want to be good. You really want to do things right and well. You want to be competent and knowledgeable and effective and I often hear is you are under criticism, the attack of the enemy. And you think sometimes it's just self-criticism mm-hmm. or you think it's just reality. And, and you'll 
I see the effect it has on you. I see your shoulders start to slump. Mm. I see the frown on your face starts to come. I see you start to be tempted to strain at things, uh, to overwork because you feel like you're not enough. I, I see that temptation come against you. And then if I, I usually will try to pursue you with what are you feeling, what's going on, and invite you to share and usually I'll start to hear something like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not an, I'm not a good enough son. I don't, I'm not taking enough care of my mom and my family and I'm not enough good father. I'm not pursuing my kids and grandkids enough, or I'm, I'm not a good enough leader of soul shepherding. There's all these ideals that you have mm-hmm. and you can't meet them all at once. And so you're, but you don't see that. You don't, you don't recognize how high those ideals are and you don't recognize how any, nobody could meet them all at once. Mm. You just feel like you should be able to and you're not. And so therefore you're not a good and then whatever follows according to where you're not meeting that. That's right. Thank you for all that empathy, Christy. That's very um, helpful articulation. That's uh, comforting for me. So, Soul Talk friends, welcome to my spiritual direction session. <laughs> yeah, I need that. Yeah, you're you're just like living right inside my personality as a Enneagram One, uh, often called the perfectionist, which is true. But in our book, we call it the reformer <laughs> because it's the most models. It's the only type that has a negative uh, name to it, and so I wanted to give it a positive name like the other ones, reformer. And that's a true fitting name. Yeah. I, the, my personality sees what can be improved. Mm-hmm. And that's what we say in our book about the Enneagram One, the, the theme that we give every personality type of theme because we really cut to the chase with the Enneagram. And uh, instead of recovering past ground the Enneagram books have covered, we much more uh, take the angle of understanding our emotions is the key to understanding our personalities, particularly anger, shame, anxiety, and sadness, that four core emotions of distress and then uh, through those emotions of our personality to come into greater self-understanding and then lead that into into Jesus, uh, intimacy with Jesus, uh, who is the perfection of our type. So yeah, my motto was everything can be improved. And, I, and the temptation that you seem to fall under when the enemy comes is that you have to improve it all. I put it on myself. I don't even realize I'm doing it. I don't even realize I'm putting the screws to myself. And uh, yeah, I can start to really get underneath that. And I think the area I get hit the most in the last uh, few years since our soul shepherding pivot is as we've pivoted into organizational growth after trying to stay small for over a decade and just really seeing that the Lord was bringing us opportunity and growth and wanted us to not hold back but to lean into that. And so... So it's been an exciting ride. Uh, thankful. So many things I've learned. There's a, so many great things about it. So fulfilling in so many ways. And the Lord's met me in so many ways. But yet there are recurring stress points and recurring points where I very much see where I could do better and uh, feel like soul shepherding needs more for me than I'm able to do. And it's- it's really hard for you that as an organizational leader, this is not the area where you have studied and prepared your whole life 
to lead an organization. Yeah. This is not your tipping point. Your tipping point is as a practitioner, as mm-hmm. a minister, as a spiritual director, as a psychologist, as a teacher. That's where you thrive. That's where you're competent. That's where you're able to bring the best. But when it comes to being the leader of a large growing organization, a leader of a staff of employees, a leader of a board, a leader of, uh, when it comes to all things that that are required of you, fundraising, vision casting, goal setting, budgeting, their management, there, there's so much. That's not your tipping point. That's not your area. You ha- you don't have your MBA. You don't have your doctorate in organizational leadership. But your expectations are that you should be able to perform at that level. Yes, uh, my personality is all about uh, competence. I, I value competence, excellence. And so I w- want to master something. And so when I feel like there's so much more that I need to learn and to master to be a great CEO for Jesus, I am prone to feel like God has given us so much and I want to be faithful mm-hmm. to steward that. And I mean, in my heart, it's really about Jesus and pastors and missionaries and people like you listening, however you're serving the Lord, I just want to give my best. Uh, and I have more, so much more experience and developed skills and knowledge around the things that you said, teaching and uh, being a coach, spiritual director, who's a psychologist and all, all that kind of stuff. But then the areas of being a CEO, that's a different thing. And uh, so I, I see my deficiencies and at times when I feel like there's a, we're having a, a place of stuckness as an organization or difficulty in a certain area, I will put that on my back and judge myself. And, and I, I don't even realize as I'm doing it. I mean, I just caught myself just now as I was saying what I just said that, well, it's not just me. It's like you were sharing last week, Christy. It's not just Bill being self-critical or something uh, it's satan accusing mm-hmm. me it's Satan right. finding a weak yeah. spot mm-hmm. and then twisting it yeah. so he's taking something good it's so much easier for me to see in other mm-hmm. enneagram ones right that i help yeah. or, or other types can be earnest like like ones uh, mm-hmm. sevens have a line to the one nines and twos can have a wing at the one uh, threes can be very earnest in a different way eights as well and so i mean a lot of types can be mm-hmm. leader types that are just really giving their best. Sixes can be perfectionists. Yeah, and you're not critical of them like you are about yourself. Uh, it's so easy for me to give them grace mm-hmm. and to see the the goodness of being earnest. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me as I have mm-hmm. gone deep with, with certain uh, leaders and just seeing how earnest they are mm-hmm. and what a good thing that is and to see how pleased God is with them and how, but how much difficulty they have seeing that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just love to minister to people and just say, look, Jesus looks at you and just says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And sometimes when I say that, um, pastors and other leaders and servants will just weep because they, I mean, they know that, yeah, that's in the Bible. And when I stand before Jesus and I've trusted Jesus, I'm going to hear those words. But to think that they're true like now mm-hmm. and that God would be looking at me that way now. See, that's what's hard for me to trust. In my better moments, of course, I'm mm-hmm. leaning into that. And um, But as I'm exposed to areas of stress and 
my weakness. Satan will, will get in there mm-hmm. and drive me down. And, and the way Satan does this, and you know, I'm talking about my story right now, but as you're listening, uh, I know that many of you can relate. And so what Satan does, he's called the father of lies. Jesus calls him the father of lies in John chapter eight. And what he does is he takes something that's true and he twists it. So now it's only half true, but it's, there's a lie mm-hmm. embedded in it. And yep. that's what Satan did to Jesus in the wilderness yep. when he was tempting. He actually quoted scripture yeah. to Jesus, but he misused it mm-hmm. in a way that was attacking him. You know, yeah. If you are the son of God, if you are these, mm-hmm. what he's saying is you're, you're nothing. You're, you're really not. Mm-hmm. You got to prove it. He's trying to tempt Jesus to rely on his flesh, his natural human abilities, which might seem like a good thing because Jesus was perfect. He was the son of God. But that, that's the whole point is that if he relied on his flesh, his own human abilities, he wouldn't be perfect. Uh, what made him perfect was being constantly submitted to the Father. And so that's where we need to be, is in that continual submission to God that Jesus was in uh, all the time. And so that that's my my temptation. Satan will take something. That, so here's an example. So I was talking to my CEO coach, and he said something to me that I've actually heard before and, and I know, but yet... The way it works in spiritual direction or coaching is that when you're sharing your life vulnerably and um, your spiritual director is listening to you and prayerfully uh, and then says something as a a point of empathy or a point of of guidance, even if it's something that you know, because of the vulnerability and the place that you're coming from and because of the way you're looking and listening to God through your spiritual director or coach, uh, it, it reaches a different place in us, mm-hmm. which is what Bible reading is meant to do. And when we really come before the scripture with a, a need and an openness, it's meant to speak right into our hearts. And so he said to me, he talked with me about the value uh, of working not just in the business, but on the business. And that as CEO of Soul Shepherding, that's what I need to do. And so we had a good conversation about that. And we talked about ways that I'm doing that uh, in ways I might do more of that and that that would be helpful for soul shepherding and for me. But the problem is that then as I try to live that out, uh, there's all these tensions between uh, the good ways of working on the business and things like training up other spiritual directors. We have a whole staff of spiritual directors now, 25 and counting. We're going to be going over 30 pretty soon with a new, new crop coming in and that are helping people like you listening right now. You can go on to soul shepherding and find a spiritual director or coach who will listen to you and support you. And it would be awesome. It's like the most important spiritual discipline we can do. All of us is have somebody that we talk with vulnerably who listens to us on behalf and with Jesus. And so that's, that's what, that's what I was doing in this session. But then Satan comes in, he twists and says, yeah, you don't, you don't work on the business enough. All you want to do is work in the business because you're a practitioner and you're a teacher. That's what you like to do. And, and that's good, but that's not really going to grow a social shepherding. You're not a good CEO. And so he takes what's half true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's, I do love working in the business. Mm-hmm. I love being a practitioner. I love being a, a, a teacher. I love being connected to the people that we help. And I spent my whole career doing that. And I see God use me in that. And I know that's, that's part of my leadership. But then that competes with working on the business mm-hmm. and developing other people mm-hmm. on the staff and other people who are giving the ministry of spiritual direction. Other people are doing the teaching. Mm-hmm. And so that tension between those two is very difficult for mm-hmm. me. And so Satan will come in there and I won't even realize that, that it, Satan doing it. Yeah. I'll just start spiraling down into, yeah, I'm not doing a good enough job of working on the business and I'll find some example that could be improved. 
and start judging myself with it, not even realizing that that, that Satan is is mm-hmm. behind all that, spinning lies to to, to bury me mm-hmm. in pressure, in self reliance, and ultimately in shame. And then, of course, my my enneagram type predicts all this stuff. Right. <laughs> so, what what's a lifeline to you? It helps you to get out from under the attacks, the temptations, the lies, to not agree with them. Yeah, well, there's a few lifelines. I think the the one that I think is probably, just practically speaking, most important is when I get empathy from you or um, another trusted friend or mentor. Which has to start with you first being willing to share vulnerability, yeah. honestly, to to verbalize these lies, these accusations. Yeah, and I, I lean into that vulnerability uh, with you, with uh, board members, with trusted friends. Uh, it's not a huge group of people, it's just a few people. Uh, and because of that and the empathy and grace and guidance that God provides for me through those people, I can share with you on our Soltax podcast, and I'm not, I'm not feeling shame right now as I'm talking about this. I'm not feeling afraid. I'm, I just feel like, well... I mean, I, I, I can I can be vulnerable about this because I know that some of you listening to me, you relate or you're thinking about your spouse or someone that you're helping who, who would relate. And so I, I really want to be a wounded healer and I want to offer this uh, for the Lord's service because if my brokenness can draw somebody to Jesus, then I, I, I want to be available for that. And uh, so that's that's the main thing that helps me is is empathy. But there are other things. So when we first started into the soul shepherding pivot, I, it was so hard on me. I mean, I, I'm in a much better place now, but a few years ago, I finally just decided I, I need to go to Brenda Manning because I'd read some of Brenda Manning and it was like, he's the author that helps me the most with shame. I mean, here, here is this ex priest alcoholic having relapses, uh, who's this amazingly gifted writer and retreat leader, but he's struggling with alcoholism. And, and so he, um, keeps finding, going back to Jesus for forgiveness and finding grace in, in, in the gutter of alcoholism and, and telling his story and being a wounded healer. And so I read all of his books and I reread all of them. There's like 13 Brennan Manning books and I got a whole shelf of them and it's just the stories, the insights. Uh, and it's like, yeah, God was meeting me in that. That was a lifeline. I'm going to be a writer like that. That's why we wrote Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith. That's why we talk about shame because I know that many of you listen, you relate to that. Yeah, and there was one particular story that he told that I remember really had an impact on you. You really related to uh, this this man who was under an accusation of the enemy, and um, I think it was an angel that started to speak truth mm-hmm. about this man to him, and oftentimes I'll even use those words with you to fight for you spiritually when you're under this accusation of the enemy. Yeah, we quote them in our book, but um, the angel says to the the man who is just besieged with feelings of inadequacy and um, pressure to be better and feeling ashamed, uh, the angel speaks on this person's behalf uh, before God, and says, but he loved, but he loved, but he loved. And what I felt the Lord say to me in that, something like this, Bill, I am so thankful for your earnestness. I'm so thankful for the way that you love people. And I see that in your work, 
you're doing your best mm-hmm. to, to love yeah. me, yeah. to love my son Jesus, yeah. and to love the people that I have sent to you in soul shepherding. Yeah. And the Lord would just say, thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, when I'm in grace, when I'm when the scripture is reaching into my heart, when I'm getting a lifeline from you listening to me, Christy, or a friend, or reading Brendan Manning, uh, then I'm I'm able to restabilize. Oh yes, that's the truth, and I and I like wake up. Mm-hmm. And but when I get out of sync there, then I can start sliding down, and it's a slippery slope from everything can be improved and spotting a problem that I can improve to getting buried mm-hmm. underneath. I'm not doing good mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. and, and, and start to f- feel bad. Yeah. That's where so many of your breath prayers have come out of your own needs for a lifeline. I'm thinking of your breath prayer. Jesus is enough for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a truth that you will yeah. hold on to. It's a lifeline you hold on to and pray with a breath prayer when you're feeling like you're not enough. And so you would pray even Jesus is enough for me as a leader of soul shepherding. And you can pray that breathing in Jesus is enough, immersing yourself in that reality, holding on to it mm-hmm. and then praying out and releasing and letting go of your own striving and having to be perfect enough to lead soul shepherding and, and release to him. Yeah. Just breathing in God's grace and breathing mm-hmm. out self striving Yeah, yep. because that's, that's the thing that undermines grace yeah. is when I'm relying on my own strength and think that I need to be the answer. I need to be the one to fix the problem. I need to be the one to improve things. And I forget yep. that, not only do I forget that Jesus is the Lord, he's the master, but I also forget that, well, he's given me other people mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't have to have all the, the best right. ideas. I don't That's have right. to solve all the problems. We, I can collaborate. Yeah. And so leaning into that uh, is also really really important. Yeah, well, and that's a healthy feeling, thriving faith. That's what we, for every personality, there's some way in which we think we have to be enough mm-hmm. and we're trying to be enough through our personality and the invitation is, no, Jesus is enough. So friends, let me just pray this with you right now as we close this soul talk. May you think about areas where you feel pressure, intense need, desire, striving, dependency on yourself, or where you feel like you're not enough, where you're lacking, or insignificant, or don't have what's needed. And let's just pray God's truth into Satan's lie in your life today. Jesus is enough. Thank you, Jesus, that you are enough for us. That your truth, your grace meets us in our area of deepest need and temptation. Help us, Lord, to grab the lifeline to you and your grace to not agree with the accusations of the enemy. 
Thank you, Christy, for ministering to us. That's one of our breath prayers from the Bible. That one's based on Psalm 123 that says that the Lord is enough for me and praying it to Jesus. And so just before we sign off, friends, just a reminder, if you would pre-order our new coming out soon book, Healthy Feelings, Thriving Faith, pre-order that on Amazon. That'll help more people to find it and uh, find soul shepherding. And we'd love to share that journey with you. It would be awesome. You'll be the first to get the book. You'd probably get it in uh, late August before it comes out in the first of September. And uh, thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 